Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am Janice Leibovitz, and you are my People of the Book. It is getting really close to Rosh Hashanah, our New Year, and that is a time of inspiration, introspection, renewal, growth. And food, yes, food. When I said growth, I didn't mean growth in that way, but yes, it is a time when we think about food. And for many of us, it is a time when we get into the kitchens and we think about what we're going to make. And although things are very different and we don't have those very large family and friend get-togethers, we do like to make um, meals that replenish our souls and our bodies and we like to make good food that is what we are all about so today I thought I would do something different I know that last year I did a show about books to read on growth and and what to inspire you with today I'm going to talk about different recipe books and I know it's not a foodie show but recipe books have evolved so much and they're very different to how they used to be And if you look at the books in the shops these days, you'll find that the books that talk about food and about recipes are very different to the books that our mothers, our grandmothers, our bobbers used to use. They've evolved quite a lot. Old recipe books, when I think back to what my mother used to use, and I mean, a lot of the books that that have been passed down to me, and I'm sure to you as well. Recipe books used to serve a purpose. They were just that. They were recipe books and they contained just recipes. And when I think of um, the books that that we relied upon, that, that stalwart favorite like Myrna Rosen, and I'm sure that you still use those recipes. I know that that they are spoken about often still, the June Edelmuth books, that original Yeshiva recipe book. And I mean, that wasn't even that long ago, and it is a much-loved book still, and people still look for it. It's been reprinted, reproduced many times. And, of course, there is that classic that um, many of us still own, with. <laughs> whether it's wherever it's come from. I don't even know where mine came from. Um, The International Goodwill Mm -hmm. Recipe Book. And that was first compiled, just to give you a little bit of history on that. It was first compiled by Wietso Johannesburg in 1950. That was um, first compiled and first published back then in 1950. The first edition came out. And... It evolved also, I think, a few times through the years. And the sixth edition was was finally produced in 1981, and that was the last one. I don't think it, it's been reprinted since then. The the when you look at the layout of the book, I mean it's it's just a bunch of, of recipes. There's two or three lines per recipe, but it is so relied upon and I think most most homes still have one lying around. We look at the old adverts that are in the book, companies that that disappeared over the years. 
And that's what recipe books used to be. And they have changed so much over the years. And I'm going to mention a few during the show today. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. This is Janice Leibovitz, and you're listening to People of the Book. And today, coming up to Rosh Hashanah quite soon, we're talking about recipe books, seeing as this is a time when we tend to think about what meals we're going to cook, what we're going to feed our families. And I've been saying your recipe books have evolved so much. They've changed, and many of them today could easily be coffee table books, as, as easily as they could be used in the kitchen. And they're so beautifully crafted. And I know that, that some of the books I have, I'm quite reluctant to use them anywhere near food. I don't want to get splashes. I'm quite a messy um, person in the kitchen. And uh, I'm quite reluctant to get splashes or marks on the pages. And the interesting thing I find about recipe books um, is that as much as I refer to the Internet for recipes and I know that that many people do this. It's quick. It's easy. I still love owning recipe books and recipe books today, as much as they're about the look and the feel, the presentation, the beautiful layout and photography, they're about the story. And I find that so many books are about the storytelling that's, that's, um, that, that's involved in the books. So let's take a look at some of the books that that are in the shops and that are available in the shops today. Quite a variation. So I know we, we are leaving winter. Well, apparently not this weekend in Joburg, but there's nothing quite as heartwarming and as as soothing and as comforting as a, a good curry. And a beautiful book that's available is by Karima Isaacs, and it's called Curried. She's um, a South African food writer. She's a chef. She's an entrepreneur, and she's based in Dubai. And on this book that actually was created during lockdown, she collaborated with her husband, who's who's done the photography for the book, and it's just it's gorgeous. And what she's done is she's interestingly divided it up into curries that you can make for each of the seasons, which I found quite interesting because I never considered curry something that you would have in the spring or the summer. You, not really something that you think about for for the hotter weather. So after her whole introduction and and um, her her background into into her cooking and to why she's created this book, she actually has a Cape Malay background. She's got a whole section that she's called Curry Covered Caboodle, which I love. And she's listed all different spices that are useful in making curries. The recipes themselves are quite involved. The photography, as I said, is gorgeous. The the recipes, as I say, long lists of ingredients, but they are um you know, a pinch of this, a half a teaspoon of that, a quarter of a teaspoon of this, because Curry bases are quite detailed and you need quite a lot of spices to make a curry base. One of my favorites is um, mother-in-law spice. I love that. 
and it's an absolutely beautiful book. So if you're looking for variations of curries and you're interested in that, that kind of cooking and you're looking for something quite different, then I recommend Curried by Karima Isaacs. And as I said, also beautiful as a coffee table, okay, table book because the photography is just stunning. It's colorful and it's bright and it's, it's really just a gorgeous book. So moving on, different areas, different places. This one's not so recent, but it's such a gorgeous book. It's from 2015 and it's called A Taste of Israel from Classic Litvak to Modern Israel. And it's by Nida de Gutien. I probably slaughtered her surname. And at the time, her husband was the Lithuanian ambassador to Israel. When she first arrived in Israel, she knew a bit about Jewish cooking because so many Jewish people used to come to Lithuania and used to house share with people who lived in her area. And she often used to smell, they used to cook um, at, at the people who they visited and who they used to stay at. And she used to smell the cooking and she used to wonder what was being cooked. But when she actually arrived in Israel, she, she knew very little about actual Jewish culture, Israeli culture, Israeli food itself. And being a photographer, being someone who was interested in food, she landed up creating this book, which is magnificent. Easily a coffee table book. Um, it's the recipes and, and it's very detailed. It's a, it's a beautiful big hard, hardback book. And she, it's as, it's as varied as chopped herring, hummus, Chicken soup with all the trimmings, kreplach, kanadlach, noodles or lakshin, and street food culture like um, falafels, shawamas, knishes, barekas, everything like that. And she's divided it up into, there's a vast amount of recipes in this book. Again, magnificent photography, bright, beautiful colors. And what she's done is she's allocated this, this, little key system where she's got these little symbols and they denote which holidays any of the recipes might be suitable for, which I think is quite clever. Again, for all of the, the recipes, there's background given, detailed background, stories about the people who she ate these foods at, the homes that she was welcomed into, the background on where the food comes from, why it's eaten, where it's eaten. It's fascinating. The, the cultural explanations. She's given so much information about the book and about all the Jewish holidays and where they, they fit into the Jewish year and the Jewish culture. And it's, she's put so much love into the book and you can just see, um, all the effort and the care. And the photography is not just a food, it's of her life that she spent in Israel in the time that they were there. It's an absolutely gorgeous book. It's called A Taste of Israel from Classic Litvak to Modern Israeli. And this one really isn't only about the food and it's just stunning. The next one is called Going Home. Food and Stories from Lebanon 
The Land of My Forefathers by Sophia Lindop. Another one, not just about the food. This is about a story of return, a story of, of a love of, of culture, a love of her land. It's a love story. And um, this is about Sophia. Her, her, she'd always planned to visit Lebanon. She lives in Cape Town. And she'd always planned to visit Lebanon with her father. And unfortunately, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And she was still planning to take this trip with him. And she continued to plan it while he was ill. And unfortunately, he passed away. And a few months after he passed away, she did take this trip. And it's a love story. She fell in love with the land. She she had these major fears that she would go to Lebanon and feel nothing. And that's, that wasn't the case. She went, fell in love with the land and it's a beautiful book um, of, of her, her life in Cape town, her culture and the food. And again, not pictures, not only of the food, and the recipes, but also of, of the life that she experienced when she visited Lebanon. An absolutely beautiful book. It's called Going Home, Food and Stories from Lebanon, the Land of My Forefathers by Sophia Lindop. We're going to chat some more about recipe books. This is Janice Leibovitz. You're listening to People of the Book. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. This is Janice Leibovitz. You're listening to People of the Book. And today we're talking about recipe books. And with Rosh Hashanah around the corner, this is the time when we think about food, what to feed our families. They're going to be home all the time if they haven't been home all the time um, recently anyway. And I generally have a lot of recipe books in my home, not that I necessarily use them, much to the bewilderment of my family who wonder why all these books are piling up here when I generally check the internet if I'm looking for a recipe, but I just love having recipe books. They're so beautiful. And as I said earlier, they've just evolved so much since the time when they just served the purpose of just being recipes. Nowadays, they're about beautiful photography, and they're about stories. I think recipes are about stories and sharing. And I I popped into Colal Bookshop the other day, and I thought I would take a look and see what recent recipe books have arrived there. So thank you to the staff at Colal Bookshop for putting up with me, sitting there, going through their, their shelves and seeing what's available and trolling the shelves there. So there are a couple of stunning, very new recipe books that have arrived. And the first one that caught my eye was something called Good Food. And it's by Sina Mizrahi. Inspired by my Middle Eastern roots and the places I've called home. And what fascinated me about this, and I think, you know, so many newly married young women possibly feel the same. She claims that she couldn't cook when she first get, got married. And I think, you know, we forget when we, we see these these chefs on TV and we, we look at recipe books and we think, oh, these well-established people, we forget that there was possibly a time when 
they didn't know how to cook. She says when she first got married, she she had um, basically managed to fry an egg once, possibly, and uh, she she thought that she would casually stroll into the kitchen and be able to cook up a storm because her mother had always she'd always seen her mother be so confident in the kitchen. She'd grown up in the French Moroccan community in Montreal, and her mom was of Libyan descent. Her dad was Moroccan. And her husband, um, his mom was Moroccan and his dad was of Turkish Syrian descent. And obviously that's not what happened. She didn't just walk in and know how to miraculously cook, cook because she was now married. And her cooking style developed over the years. She learned through, through, you know, hit or miss, you know, we, we learn as we go along. And um, her cooking style today is bright. It's beautiful. And what I loved about her, I mean, the, the recipe book itself is it's a stunning, stunning book. Um, as I said, it's called Good Food, inspired by my Middle Eastern roots and the places I've called home. They seem to have traveled quite a bit and moved between the States and and Israel. And she encourages adaptation and substitution to make your own improvements on her recipes, which she she says that she sees as guidelines. And the other thing that she encourages is cooking with with passion. And, you know, she says, you know, cook with your senses. She says that, you know, what, what works for one possibly doesn't work for another, which is why she says that her recipes are guidelines. And I love that because I think a lot of people are, are nervous. A lot of people are scared to adapt anything. They think that that what's written there in a recipe is carved in stone might not work for you or your family. And be brave and be bold in the kitchen. Use use flavors and and experiment with flavors. And that's what she encourages. And and I like that about what she says in her introduction and in her in her whole guide as to how to use her book. I thought that was great. Something else that I discovered at Colel Bookshop, which I thought this was amazing, was a book called Dinner Done, Practical Recipes for Your Busy Day. And this was by five women who form a group called Between Carpools. Now, this is fabulous. This is just a whole, it's a whole movement. It's just amazing. Um, so Between Carpools, they have an app. They have a website. I just, I wanted to sit there and just, just devour the whole thing. I came home. I went and looked at the app. I looked at the website. They're amazing. So the book gives background on each of these five women. One is a writer. One is a designer. There's a stylist, a stylist and a photographer. And then there's one who they call the connector. So she's the glue. She brought them all together which, I mean, you always need one of those. And they give their background, and it goes back to 2010, and it tells how they they all met. So they didn't all meet at once. Two of them met, and then another one met. It's, it happened through a series of, of these ridiculous events, you know, and it's, you know, life is all about synchronicity. And they they tell about all these events and how, how it all happened up until about 2016 when Between Carpools was born. And it's just, it's just so fantastic. I love it. 
And so these might not necessarily be be meals for your yontif table, but these are they, they talk about how you know busy lives. We all have busy lives. Whatever we do, you know, whatever children we might have or not have, we're busy. Life happens, and they said, however life happens and whatever life throws at you, dinner needs to be done and dinner needs to be made. And they they've put together this incredible book and I love it because it gives you the basics and there's even pages that 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 explain to you about about the sizes of dishes that are the most appropriate ones to use and what utensils you need in your kitchen and it's it's it really grinds it down to the basics I know that most books these days give you your measurements and your conversions and things like that but this is one of those books that it's presented in such a way that you just you fall in love with it. And I just thought this was the most fabulous book. It's called Dinner Done, Practical Recipes for Your Busy Day. And it is by Between Carpools. And it gives the names of these five women. And it's just amazing. Just go and look for this book. It's amazing. Go and look for the app. Go and look at the website. They're, they're fabulous. I think they're amazing. And yay for them. And then there's another stunning book called Peas, Love and Carrots, the cookbook. Also a stunning book by Danielle Renov. And this is about healthy cooking. And I think that's something that we all need more of in our lives. I think we're all trying to be healthy. We're trying to ensure that our families eat healthy. And it's just a stunning, it's a gorgeous book. It's gorgeously presented. It's quite a large book. Beautiful book, Peas, Love and Carrots, and stunning, available at Colel Bookshop. I'm not advertising the bookshop, but they were very kind enough to let me sit there, go through their books, have a look at what was available, and that was what, what I found there. Those are the newest ones. Of course, there's lots of other ones, and those were the three of the, of the, the latest ones that were available. Of course, locally, we've, we've been lucky enough to have the two Torah Academy recipe books that were compiled and curated. And I think what we love about local recipe books, we love to see who contributed. <laughs> we just love to see that. And we go, Oh, I know them and I've eaten at their house and I ate that salad at so and so's house. We love those. The Torah Academy recipe books are, are still great. And there's, I know a book that my daughter swears by is Tantalize and the salad book, which I'm seeing a lot of lately. Uh, seems that there's been a reprint lately. I know a lot of people look for it often, which uh, was produced a few years ago by, I think the ladies of the Linksfield Shawl. And it's, it's a bestseller. It is a bestseller. It is, I don't think it's ever not going to be popular. And I've seen that a lot lately. So if anyone's looking for that, and of course it makes a great gift. That's tantalize and it's, it's all salads and it's, that is a fabulous book. I know my daughter always resorts to using that when she's looking for something new and, um, yeah, beautiful, bright photography, amazing, gorgeous. So there's that. Another book that I think talks to us about the story behind recipes and I think talks to us about community and I think especially for women Mm. talks to us about 
sisterhood mm. is the Monday morning cooking club books. So the Monday morning cooking club is six women who used to come together every, literally every Monday morning. And they used to connect and they used to drink tea and share recipes. They wanted to ensure that the recipes that they remembered from their homes and the homes they grew up in um, were not lost. So they used to get together and they used to share. And then in 2006, they came up with the idea that they should actually put together a, a recipe book. Um, and in 2011, the first recipe book came out and it was an instant hit. Monday morning cooking club, the food, the stories, the sisterhood. And that was the first book. And I don't think that they imagined at the time where this was going to go. And there is a South African connection here. But I, I don't think that they realized at the time how needed a book like this was. And this has come such a long way. There have been, I mean, I didn't even know that a book came out last year. Since then, so the first book, The Food, The Stories, The Sisterhood, came out in 2011. In 2014, they brought out their basically celebration book, The Feast Goes On. In 2017, it came, they came out with It's All Always About the Food. And then last year, they came out with Now for Something Sweet, which unfortunately I don't think has come to South Africa yet. But ultimately, it's, it's the ultimate sisterhood series for me. They talk about memory. They're talking about food memory. Each member of this group talks about what food means to them, about what sharing food means to them, what sharing cooking memories mean to them. They talk about what entertaining means to them, what cooking for family and friends means to them. These are curated recipes. It's not not only their recipes. There are recipes from from other people locally to them in Australia, where where all all of them live now, and recipes from other people around the world. Each recipe, again, comes with a story, a background. It's about sharing. It's about memory. It's about love, ultimately. And to me, this is just, it's the ultimate story. It's the, the food storybook. It's the photography, again, beautiful. These are big, heavy books that could easily be, as I say, I keep saying, coffee table books. They're beautiful. They're books that you want to pour over. You want to spend time with them. You want to read the stories. You want to pour over the pictures. You want to spend time just gazing at them. I mean, yeah, some of them you'll, you'll spend time drooling over them. Um, and whether you make the recipes or not, it's not about wanting to cook the recipes. It's not about whether you're going to make these recipes. It's not about whether you're going to go out and buy the ingredients. It's not about saying whether the recipe is not something you're going to make or not something you're going to enjoy or whether it's something you will or won't. That's not what it's about. 
I think these food books that are being presented and, and being produced um, nowadays are about so much more than whether we're going to actually cook the recipes or not. There is so much more to these books that are, are being produced. There's so much more behind them. And I think there, there are so many more reasons as to why these books are being produced. As I keep saying, they are, there are stories that need to be shared. And I think that's why these books keep coming out. That's why, you know, when, when people say, Oh, you know, but, but how many recipes can there be? And how many more recipe books can be printed? And, and how many more do you need? And why, why do people keep buying them? And I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a deep seated need for sharing. It's a deep seated need for comfort. And it's, it's a deep seated need to see also possibly what other people are doing. It's a deep seated need to know that we are still community and this is how we become community. This is how we, we remain a community. This is how we, we share. This is how we share our cultures. This is how we, we share our upbringings. This is how we share our backgrounds. And this is how we share what we are currently doing. This is how we share our, our pasts, our differences, our commonalities. And I think that's where the importance is in the continuation of these books being produced and the popularity that they continue to have. And when you see the, the different um, food programs on TV, there, there are so many. They are varied and vast. And, you know, everyone has their favorites. Everyone has their, 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 their pet hates. But when you see the different travels, the food travels, the tra- food travel programs, the combinations, it's, it's so huge and they continue to be produced and it's, I don't think it's ever going to end. We're going to continue to talk about food right after this. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. I am Janice Liebowitz and you're listening to People of the Book. We have been talking about food and specifically about recipe books because this is a book show and not a foodie show. And if you want to put yourself in line to win a Rosh Hashanah hamper to the value of 2,000 Rand at Norwood Pick and Pay Hypermarket, purchase at least one item on the Rosh Hashanah brochure, put your slip in the box at the information counter with your name and number on the back, and it could be your name drawn on Monday, 13 September. Norwood Pick and Pay wishes all their loyal customers a Shana Tova. As I said, we're talking recipe books today. And everyone's got their recipe books out. They're thinking about Yontif meals and what they're going to make, what they're going to cook. Everyone's got the shopping lists out. And as you just heard, you can be in line to win a lovely hamper from Pick and Pay. So get there and do your shopping. Um, talking recipe books, I mean, you know, I couldn't really have this conversation without talking about 
our own kosher butcher's wife, Sharon Lurie, because, I mean, her recipe books are stunning. You know, her first book was Cooking with the Kosher Butcher's Wife. Then she had Celebrating with the Kosher Butcher's Wife, which is stunning. And her book's also about the, it's about the story. I mean, there's the stunning photography, there's the divine recipes, but it's about the story. With each recipe, she gives you the little background. Who loved the recipe? Whose favorite recipe is that? And where the recipe comes from and why she, she's included it in the book and what it means to her family. And I love that about her. You get a bit of insight into, into how she cooks for her family and how much she loves cooking for her family, what it, what it does for her heart and her soul and how much they love her cooking. But her latest book was A Taste of South Africa with a kosher butcher's wife, which, you know, we love local. And especially for, for all those expats who have, have left South Africa, it, they've taken it with them. South Africa is always going to be in their hearts. And her, her taste of South Africa with the kosher butcher's wife is just, it's such an amazing book. I, I just, I love it because she just, she gives such a, a lovely local touch and her recipes are no nonsense recipes. They really are. And it, her recipes are things that everyone can cook. They, they're not, to use a, a, one of my mom's favorite words, they're not patskadik. And she, she'll take a recipe and just add that, that local touch to it that anyone can, can just, you know, use. And it's something I think that people who've left could also adapt even if they're not living here anymore so um yes a taste of south africa with the kosher butcher's wife is something that that uh i would recommend highly speaking of local i mean who doesn't love Jan braai i mean a, a braai is just you know there's nothing more south african than a braai um having a barbecue just doesn't quite do it does it a braai is just it the ultimate South African go-to. Um, and Jan Bry has come out with what for me was an eye-opener of a book because he's come out with Jan Bry, the vegetarian option. So now you can invite vegetarians to your Bry. I mean, COVID permitting, obviously. And what did it for me is that there's even a recipe for chocolate fry brookies, brookies, oh please, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'll just slaughter the language as I go along. This book is so amazing. I can't even tell you, and I'm not a vegetarian, but this book is something that you'll look at it and you'll, you'll think, I can try that. I want to try that. I want to do that. Fry toasts, um, paprika and cheese potatoes. Bry aubergine pita cheese fondue. Did you know you can do that on the bra? Things like that. Um, babuti on the bra. A vegetarian babuti on the bra. Spanakopita on the bra. You know, he, he's just, what he's done here is, as I say, an eye opener, especially for those who are meat lovers and who, who just don't really get the whole vegetarian thing and 
for, for someone like Jan Bright to have come out with a book like this, I think is just so admirable because, you know, for some, he's, he's a, you know, he, he does Bry books. He talks about meat. He, he talks about Brying meat. He, you know, he's a man's man. He's a guy. He's, he's your typical South Africana who stands around the Bry with, with, with the guys. And this book is, he's taken it to, to a whole, new level with with everything and i really I, I kudos to him because i think what he's done here is absolutely incredible and i, I really I, I recommend this book i never thought i would i would be saying that but young bry the vegetarian option is a stunning book i mean his photography as always is on point because he always has stunning photography in his books, but his intro just explains also a little bit as to why he's gone this route. And, you know, the fact that, that even if you are a meat eater, that doesn't mean that you eliminate vegetarian options from your diet. So Jan Bra, the vegetarian option is beautiful and I recommend it. And speaking of these health options, there's a beautiful, beautiful book out. And this could very easily be a coffee table book. It's called Heal, H-E-A-L. It's nothing to do with, with shoes and, and what you wear on your feet. Um, it's called Heal, Begin with Food. And it's by Melissa Delport. And this is a stunning book. It's, it's uh, mainly vegetarian. And quite a lot of it is actually vegan. A lot of it is quite heavy reading and it's all about her health and wellness journey. So there's a lot of quite dense um, content to get through. But if you are interested in, in a changed diet and she, she says from the get go that she is not a doctor, any advice she gives is, is her own research, her experience as a health coach and she advises to check anything you do with a health practitioner first um it's a lot to do with um, ayurvedic practice and this is nothing to do with with medicine this is a book that she's written from experience on her own journey but it's an absolutely beautiful book as i said a lot of quite dense content to get through but it's a health and wellness book and um, a lot of vegetarian, vegan recipes, but really a stunning, stunning book. I'll be back with a wrap-up shortly. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am Janice Leibovitz, and this is People of the Book, and you are not mistaken, you have not been listening to a food show. This is a book show. We've just been talking about recipe books today. And it would be remiss of me to talk about recipe books and not mention what is truly a stunning, stunning book. To me, though, really, this is more of a display book and not so much a recipe book. It's Mile 8, a book about cooking by David Higgs. And I'm going to end with this book because, quite honestly, you could dedicate a whole show to it. Um it's it's his journey with cooking. It's his life with cooking. It's a very large book. It's 
it's his it's his life it's his journey it's really talking about recipe books that are about stories this is a story the recipes themselves are stories i mean you know if you're really into gourmet cooking this would be the book for you because his recipes are gourmet to the max and to explain the title mile 8 he he does explain that at the right at the beginning of the book he says that originating from the Swakopmund post office and running north for more than 100 miles, the Namibian coastline is dotted with mile markers. And they're just, you know, numbered stones which were intended to work as landmarks in a monotonous landscape. And over time, the places where those stones signify have grown into their numbers. And, you know, they, they just say mile eight, mile 10, mile 50, mile whatever. And he grew up on that coastline and he learned to fish there. He learned to cook there and hunt and play there. And Namibia shaped who, who he really is. And it will always be his home. And his personal mile markers have, have continued to increase. First when he left for boarding school and then the army and the Cape and now Johannesburg. But Namibia is always a place that he's going to return to. And he says that nowadays when people mention milestones, they're talking about significant events and achievements in their lives. And he says that this book is about some of his achievements. It's about the places he's lived, the people he's known and worked with, and the tens and thousands of plates of food that he's cooked. But it's also about the things that he's learned in the kitchen. And it's about food and it's about people. So he's grouped the different periods of his life into chapters, and he's given each of the chapters a mile marker. And within each of the chapters, he's placed the recipes that he's developed around that time in his life or that were inspired by that time in his life. But what he's done is he's jumped them so they don't run in order. They they jump between past and present. And so the mile numbers relate to important numbers from that time, rather in the order in which the chapters appear. So he says it might seem confusing, but it's just a collection of dishes and stories, and it can be read in any order. So I think that's that sums up most of of life. You know, it's it's haphazard and it's messy, and it doesn't you know it's it doesn't work in a straight line. It, it jumps up and down and it's, that's just the way it is. It doesn't work in a continuum like, you know, it, it sometimes jumps back on itself, jumps forward. You know, it's that, that five steps forward, three steps backward concept. And I think he summed that up so well in the way that he's described how he's produced this book and how he presents this book. And I think we need to, accept that about our lives and I think we need to accept that life is what it is and not the way we want it to be so often I hope you found something here that might work for you and might work for your Rosh Hashanah meal table and until next time take care of yourself and each other get vaccinated wear a mask and read a book